Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, December 7th, leading into the Christmas season. We're almost there. We, is Hanukkah we've... over? Oh god. Why would you, have to... Why would you ask me I'm that? I'm going to put you on the Hanukkah spot. Uh, oh god. I well, don't a week know. ago we no. were on day one, weren't we? Yes. Ah, that's a good call. That was it. November, <laughs> November Was it November 30th when we yeah, did it? Yeah, it was early. Because it, it was wasn't early. yet December. Okay. Yeah. So then, I mean, is it, does it end tomorrow or today? I do know from the classic motion picture, Eight Crazy Nights, mm-hmm. that it takes place over Eight Crazy Nights. That part's true. <laughs> and so we can do the math on that. Um, we did meet up with her family and sister and nieces. That's the ticket. Yeah, so that was like a fun, that was like a Hanukkah dinner. And then we did the candles. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, this is good. I can, I can deduce it with that because... Eighth candle. No, we lit seven candles that oh. day. Actually, full disclosure, <laughs> we did light eight candles. And then Emily was like, isn't it the seventh night? But it was too late. And they'd already, I don't think if you blow it out, candle, candle, Hanukkah, which I call candle, uh, is canceled, <laughs> I think. I don't know how that works. Anyway, that's if you could follow that sentence, you're already doing better than I am. So yeah, like so we did, we lit, actually, they had two menorahs. So to be, to be honest, we lit 16 candles. And I don't even know if that, what is that at that point? I want to get in on, I don't think I've ever had latkes. Oh, dude, we had plates and plates of them. I like think that. I'd be I all mean, over latkes. I'm just latkes. bragging, I guess. Yeah, and there's also like two different styles of latkes. You know, you have like kind of the potato pancake style, which you could sort of argue they all are. But anyway, the one that more looks like a pancake. And then you have the shredded style. And that's the one that is a little more like a hash brown. I was just going to say, not to offend the Hanukkah <laughs> tradition, but are they McDonald's hash browns? No, like they can be. Like, I think it's one of those things where if you went to farm boy I don't know. we'll throw a farm boy I can't <laughs> yeah. think anything. and then you're gonna get that style and i think a lot of people are familiar with that i might prefer that style a little bit more but the one that we had that her dad makes is always kind of potato pancake style like circular whatever and like it's good but i don't know and this is coming from like i don't, I don't know if it's offensive or whatever but my thought is always how can i tweak this how can i make this i don't want to <laughs> say better i'm not i'm not saying better but you know i was like do I put in cheese or maybe like some onion or mushroom? Like, is that heresy, you know? like Would it be heresy to put ketchup on latkes? Probably. It's traditionally, it's applesauce or sour Apple cream. Sauce. Those are the only two acceptable. Why? Well, I don't want to say only, but according to the Jews that I have in my family. <laughs> <Yeah>. they... <laughs> See, Emily and you by association yeah. are my first, really my first Jewish friends. Yeah. And I'm sure I've had acquaintances over the years, but... It was listening to Sarah Silverman when she was chatting on her podcast about how few Jewish people there actually are, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I've never met one. Yeah. I know they're out there. <laughs> no, and it was like, it was still foreign to me. Like, I mean, I grew up in the country, the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, there were none to my knowledge. I mean, I'm sure there may have been, but I just, I didn't know. And it seemed like there were no people of color. There were no Jews. It was just like, you know, yeah. white Christians. And that's about it, which is <laughs> yeah. like the scariest horror the movie worst. ever. But anyway, <laughs> like, yeah. Now, so it's interesting to like learn stuff about it and pick up tips and tricks, I guess. But, but yeah, like her dad is Mr. Latka. Not actually. I don't think he, oh, he has God, that title, but. Oh my God, but there were like literally too many. And so I, I had three and I'm like crushing those, you know, but I was like, there was other food. So I'm, yeah. I'm full. And then he's like, specifically to me, he's like, well, don't <laughs> worry. There's another plate coming out. And I'm like, I, I still had two on my plate. Like, I don't know what, what am I, you know? But are latkes pregame? Are they like, uh, or are they dinner? See, I don't know. This is how much I don't know about latkes. That's the thing. Like, okay, so we were having more of a lunch. It was at like 11, noon, something like that, you know? So, so it was like more, maybe it was a brunch. So, yeah. but the point is like, yeah, latkes are like 
I don't want to say the main event, but you seemed, from what I can tell, you craft the meal around them almost. Okay. So we also had, like, there was like a nice salad. Oh, and he made homemade Greek goddess dressing. Yeah. Which was pretty wild. Like, it looked, it kind of looked like Slimer a little bit, but it was, like in a good way. <laughs> there was not brisket. I will say that. But we do bring that up a lot because one time he made this just incredible brisket. I was almost like crying eating it. It was just like the best thing I've ever had. And so, you know, I've been chasing the brisket dragon ever since. I never had one as good as that. But so this was mainly like, yeah, salad, latkes, oh, applesauce, obviously. And then there was debate about sour cream and we get in the sour cream. I'm, I don't know. To me, I'm like, I mean, that could be good. But I thought, you know, applesauce. I don't have applesauce very often. And now know? you get a little breather and then you get a Christmas too. It's the dream. Oof, it's it's so much. Yeah, there was, it was a vegetarian meal. I can say that thinking back, but there was definitely more of there. I don't, I don't remember what the hell I it's ate. It's a blur. Like, well, it's like yeah. Christmas blur where you just, honestly, holiday season blur. You just keep eating. Keep yeah. Eating. And I, it was, I did, oh, there was fresh bagels, oh. like the Montreal style. Like, yeah. I, I don't know where they were from, but, and I was the only one who made a open faced bagel, which latka sandwich yeah. out of it, which sounds more impressive <laughs> than it was. Literally, I just flopped a latka on half a bagel and <laughs> called it a day. That was good. It was a nice Jewish meal, understandably, because I was the only non Jewish yeah. person there. <laughs> Playing with the kids was awesome. Like, they don't really, I haven't seen them a lot just because they kind of moved out to the outskirts and they're busy and we're I say we're busy but they have kids and work so they're actually busy right not, not fake person busy like you or I you've got multiple cats yeah pretty much I'm just like it's like oh I have to go outside today but with them it's just like oh I have to entertain children literally the entire day not forever but you know as long as kids are kids so I think they were very happy to have us there and messing around and like I don't know you know me I'm I'm, I'm fun uncle you know I'm yeah. fun, funkle you know <laughs> yeah so yeah, it was a it was it was a cool day. Yeah, so it's been busy around here. If anybody's been looking at the schedule in a timely manner, if you're listening to this in December 2021, you'll see a lot of holes in the schedule. But that's just because we have so many rentals of late. This weekend just passed since we recorded the last podcast. We had in a video game rental where just some guys playing video games on the big screen. We had a Vietnamese community group come in oh. and do a big event. Like there was wow. some, I think there were some big shot politicians giving some speeches. There were some wow. songs and they played a film, which I'm glad was a short film. Cause <laughs> I was like, your guy's schedule is packed. You're running out of time in here. Did they have like snacks and stuff too? Or no, is that no, just... but they had, they had a red carpet. They okay. brought in a red okay. carpet and they had banners for this film and they had some singers mm. with some multimedia of Vietnam behind it. So I'm not sure who the exact group was, but it was some local Vietnamese community group putting on a big event. That's cool. And then a film shoot. And then Man. Lee's film shoot. Wait, two film shoots? Two film shoots this weekend. I, I didn't. Want, I just assumed you meant Lee's, but no, we had one on Saturday and then one on Monday. That's wow. And the one on Saturday, they were nice folks and they were working hard. But there's always that fun part where you say to them, so this is the half hour warning. Yeah. And you see the look of fear in their eyes because they realize they have another hour of work. Man. And then they realize that that half hour means you have to be out. So then you get to see them just go into triple work time. But oh, my God. The coolest thing is they had a... Uh, they asked if they could bring in a fog machine, which always puts up a red flag of the firefighters coming to the cinema yeah. because of a false alarm. But what they had, and I have never seen this before as somebody who's been on and off of film sets a number of times, essentially it was like aerosol spray, hmm. but it made smoke. Weird. So it was like non-smoke, but it gave the illusion of smoke. So essentially there was two people seated in the cinema, camera pointed at them. So imagine like the camera operator with their back to the screen 
a couple of production assistants or somebody would walk in and go spray 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 and leave the frame and it actually made this really nice haze and i was like that'd be a good dramatic effect if you're like walking into a a dinner situation or a classroom and you just haze yourself and walk through the smoke or a vietnamese presentation yeah that would have been perfect for them so yeah so anyhow it was a busy weekend it's nice for us these rentals are good but that's why there was no matinees hardly this week that we're speaking is because we were packed and that's going to continue because we got all these holiday season events coming up and Mm -hmm. and then two things a bike rental or like an extreme biking movie called long live chainsaw Oh, and it's see, about now that is misleading. Had you not yeah, prefaced yeah. this, I would have lost my mind and been like, oh my God, a Leatherface documentary. <laughs> yeah. So we have that. And then something called the IF3 Sessions, which is a few short films about extreme skiing and stuff like that. I think that's they're both a different extreme. thing or that's the same? Two coincidental okay. events happening <laughs> within a week of each other. That's so wild. Extreme with no E. Yeah. Those are great because those wouldn't do well, say, if we had them for a week, like mm-hmm. we do a new film. But- Having somebody come in and rent the joint and do a one-night-only event, and then they spread the word to all the local groups and stores and the stuff like that. The extreme groups. The extreme the groups. Not extremist groups. That's a different yeah. thing. We are not behind that. <laughs> yeah. And that's just more rentals this week, so it's a busy holiday season for us for sure. Yeah, I feel like we get a fair amount of private Christmas parties as well. Yeah, Or, yeah. or whatever you want to call them, you know. I, I feel like it's been a couple of years now in so many ways, but I, I remember like there'd be like one year there was like, seven to ten guys that were just here watching something i don't know diehards or something and i was just like ah that that would be really cool like i mean it's a little like it's different now like because i'm here <laughs> but like if i was not me and, I, and you could have a party here how could you do better than that you know yeah you realize how we are spoiled with this riches of mm. it involves owning a cinema which <laughs> is working 20 hours a day and yeah. never stopping and all that stuff but we get to sneak in and watch movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. The Friday afternoon was a video game rental, and it was, yeah, like six or seven guys. I'm not sure the event, if it was someone's birthday or something, but they were just playing video games on the big screen. And I was just doing my due diligence of checking vaccine verification as these dudes came in. Mm-hmm. And as the last one came in, they were already set up and playing. And the look of awe and wonder on his face that they were playing a racing game on the big screen (laughs) it makes you go like oh yeah this is cool we're providing a cool service for these folks they will remember this they will talk about this so that's a lot of fun of being able to do those kind of extracurricular rentals and make some nerd dreams come true yeah if we can get the sega like 93 hockey set up there (laughs) that's worth your money the worst blown up blocky bits ever we did that a number of years ago for a friend's bachelor party and we plugged in somebody got one of those modern day ataris okay they just have like 50 atari games in them Mm -hmm. and they don't actually have a port to put other games in so it's just this little portable (laughs) 50 games what you get is what you get yeah but it's all plug and play so we at the time we didn't have it as well set up as we do now so we had to run an extension cord of an hdmi from the booth down into the balcony Mm. plug in the atari and we all had to sit in the balcony playing video games but that was fun because playing something modern with these fluid anime like animations in them on the big screen looked great but we were playing the game that i don't know if it's just called tank but you know the (laughs) tank game on atari where it's like you're a blue square and your enemy's a green square and there's like a tiny base (laughs) maze and you're shooting at each other so we were playing that on this giant mayfair screen 
the most expensive high-end <laughs> digital projector with the lowest-end video game technology. God. And it didn't look bad because it was so simple. Yeah. But when you're playing, say, Mario Brothers traditional, you can see it. You see the giant pixels yeah. that when they're on your tube square TV from the late 80s, those kind of blend together a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But still fun. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, everybody would want to, well, not everybody. I'm completely projecting, no pun intended. I feel like everybody would want to play Goldeneye and 64. Yeah. And like, we tried that a couple of weekends ago at a bachelor party thing, and it's not as great as we remember. <laughs> right. But weirdly, some of the sports games still played pretty well, like, uh, NHL or NFL, stuff like that. I don't know what the difference is. If it's just like less graphics or just the way it's streamlined, I have no idea. But just Goldeneye was uh, a bit of a headache, shall we say. I like the uncanny valley that we have surpassed and how far we've come. When you're playing Goldeneye at the time, you're like, what an age of miracles and wonders that we live in. This is amazing. In the movie. (laughs) Yeah, and you play it now and you're like, Xenia on top looks weird. <laughs> yeah, the heads are bizarre and like everybody's just, I don't know, the controls are, I mean, they always were kind of wonky, but even now they're like more so, especially like, I and mean, this doesn't go for me, but if you go from playing modern games and that kind of game play and controller and you go to the N64, it's just, if you feel like you're drunk or something. Yeah, even we got the, it's actually a special edition version. So the graphics have been touched up a little bit, but just the Ghostbusters video game, which at one point, was essentially going to be Ghostbusters 3, and Bill Murray didn't want to do it, so they made a video game Mm -hmm. where everyone participated. And man, I love that game. But it took a bit of a learning curve because I was just on a track of, for a while, not playing a lot of games because I don't have time, but playing some old-school basic games where you're just going left to right and killing things. And then you play these modern games, and it's just, you can look left and right. You can walk specifically on a curve (laughs) and all this stuff. And for a little while, I was just like a 95-year-old playing the game. I was just like, what's this? I don't understand. What's this button do? But then when you learn it, you're in, and then you're fine. But yeah, there's been quite the leap of if you're playing a NES Ghostbusters game versus this one that I was playing on the Nintendo Switch, that's a big difference. Yeah, and it's almost, it almost seems like the kind of thing where most people would be better off watching a like walkthrough or like a playthrough of that. Isn't that what people do nowadays? A kind of. like cause I, There was a 24 game that I liked for PS2, I think. It was like a season, basically, of 24. Like, brand new story and all the same voices and all that. I really liked 24, but I wasn't much of a gamer. And I invited my friend over and had him play so I could watch the movie, right. basically. And so... I've never actually, I think I did do one walkthrough of something or it was like some old horror game that I was like vaguely interested in. But yeah, like maybe like a Coleco or something like that, an in-between thing. It sucked. But anyway, the point is I find that kind of amusing. Like there must be so many things like this where the person would want to watch a quote unquote movie of it but aren't a gamer. And they're just like, is there a way that I can do this? They're like, there is. It's YouTube. (laughs) Yay. Okay, let us chat about the movies coming up the week of Friday, December 10th. We have two new films, two classic films. First up is Come On, Come On Mm. with Joaquin Phoenix. Well, it's been a while since he's had one out, I think. I guess his last one was Joker, right? I guess. I feel like he's the kind of guy that probably has one in between that we forgot about or didn't know about. (laughs) And and you couldn't whiplash more to a more different film. Because Joker was this big, controversial, violent comic book movie that he won an Oscar for. This is a quiet family comedy drama about an uncle and his nephew going on a road trip together. 
shot in black and white. Really beautiful. I saw the trailer just getting staggering rave reviews. And it's from the director, Mike Mills, who did the movie Beginners. Oh, yeah. With Christopher Plummer and Ewan McGregor. Mm -hmm. Part of my secret origin, that was Gwen and I's first Mayfair date. What? Was coming to see Beginners. That was that long ago? Yeah, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Jeez. That, oh, wow. Time flies. When and that was, what dating. was that? Did Christopher Plummer, when he got nominated for that, it was like the oldest person to get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And then he made movies for another 10 years after that. Yeah, because like he was nominated. I'm pretty sure he was nominated for All the Money in the World. You're right. Yeah. So after he broke the record, yeah. 10 years later, <laughs> he did it again. Yeah. And he was great in that, too. Like, and that's already like a weird story replacing, you know, he who will not be named. Yes. yes, but, yes. but yeah, to, to step in, do like, uh, what, two weeks worth of work or, or however long. Yeah. And get an Oscar nomination just to rub it in. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> sweet deal. But yeah, like the trailer looks lovely. It just looks like a nice, simple, laid back character piece of a goofy kid and mm -hmm. his, I don't know if it's like grumpy uncle learning a valuable lesson. The Joker origin story movie, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, this kid's pushing me over the edge. So our second new film coming up is Benedetta. Oh. That's an Ottawa premiere, actually. What? Jeez. And I saw the trailer for this one, and it's funny. It's billed as a true story, but true story for a film at the best of times is a wide swath of a mm. maybe true story. So it's the tale of a nun who strikes up a lesbian relationship with another nun. I think it cancels out. So it's not wrong. If they're both, if yeah, they're they're both, both nuns, nuns and it's, it's same sex, that cancels it out and it's not against the rule. It has think, to be fine. Pretty sure that's how it works. And it's directed by Paul Verhoeven. Oh, geez. Here we go. Who, in the last couple of years, has gone back to his European highbrow roots, kind of. Yeah. But in the heyday of our youth, was directing Robocop. A uh, man, even Starship Troopers. Like Starship Troopers. Showgirls, of course. Obviously. And what he did, did he do Total Recall? Total Recall. Yeah. But it's funny that he got into Hollywood and did some really big stuff. Yeah. And then. I guess after Showgirls went back home? I don't know. Pretty much. I think he did something else as well that was just wishy-washy. Yeah. And then he just got disillusioned with Hollywood pretty much. But what's funny is in the trailer for this, it looks like a big epic Oscar bait kind of a movie, but then it has big title card font and it says from the director of Robocop. I think you might say Robocop, Total Recall, and L. So it says two of his American films and one of his more acclaimed kind of award-winning type films it's funny because i think people might be expecting it to be a little bit more showgirls but i yeah. don't think it is i don't think it's going to be i think it might be have some controversy in it but i don't think it's campy per se depends like what you hear from where you hear it because some people are like oh so controversial and so you know this or that and other people are just sort of like i don't know it's a movie like it's you know yeah it, it's the subject matter is I, I think a lot of it probably depends on your thoughts on religion or something like that you know like where it's going to be for the average theater goer it's just it's going to be like oh that, you know that's pretty wild but like you know and there's other people who are like that's a whole subgenre of like non-sploitation oh for called. sure yeah and I, I don't think it's from what i've seen i don't think it's like that like it's not just like ridiculous over the top shock value stuff yeah so non-sploitation fans might be underwhelmed yeah and people thinking it's an average drama about a nun might be overwhelmed <laughs> yeah so who's to say i don't know I so mean, come see it. yeah you gotta <laughs> come and find out so then two retro films this week first up is the 20th anniversary of 
Mulholland Drive from David Lynch. 20 years. 20 years, 2001. Which, if you know anything about the movie, it's interesting, is that it was supposed to be a TV series. Huh. So I'm not sure if this was like the first couple of episodes and then if they filmed a few more things to make it work as a movie better. I'm yeah. not positive. But at one point, it was supposed to be... Or maybe this was like the pilot TV show and then the TV channel didn't pick it up and so he said, who wants to put it out on the big screen? So it was to be the kind of Twin Peaks follow-up, like yeah. an another show like that. But it's Naomi Watts' big breakthrough, kind of her first time on screen in Hollywood. And, you know, like a lot of David Lynch, a little hard to explain. Yeah. So I won't even try, but I love it. I love this movie. I think that was the same year that she was in the Killer Elevator movie, Dick Moss. It was a remake of his own movie, The Lift. And right. So, and so she was in that, and it's just so random to see her in that, because you're just like, you know, and within a year or two, you do a whole lot better for yourself. That's, I mean, I enjoy it. Who doesn't like a Killer Elevator movie? But still, funny to see people in early roles with stuff like that, and you're just like, oh, yeah. That's like, I believe the VHS box art for Leprechaun was on the shelves when Friends came out. Yeah. And Jennifer Aniston did that six months before she landed <laughs> the gig on Friends. Yeah. So they got to be like, starring the star of Friends. Yeah, and it, it were, I find stuff like that hilarious, especially when, I mean, she actually has a major role in that at least, but I mean, yeah. a lot of these, they're in it for like two minutes or something like that, like Grizzly 2, you know? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, so it's like people get in there and they're like, ah, wait a minute, I can't believe advertising misled me. Clooney's in a few of those because Clooney's in... Oh, yeah. Return to Horror High is another one. And, and a Killer Tomatoes movie. Or yeah. The Killer Tomatoes movie. He's, he's in one of them. Yeah. He, he's, I think it's like the second one or something like that. So speaking of that kind of genre, a director who went from that kind of stuff and then went on to greater Hollywood mainstream, we have a holiday season special screening of Joe Dante's Gremlins. Oh, wow. Which is a real Mayfair fan favorite. Mm -hmm. And I guess one of those movies that... Scrooges who get angry about Die Hard not being a Christmas movie sometimes feel the same about Gremlins because even though it's at Christmas, they're like, no, Christmas movies can only be It's a Wonderful Life, which in itself is barely a Christmas movie. Yeah, Gremlins feels more Christmas than Die Hard to me, but I guess it's about the same. I don't know, but they're in a box at one point, aren't they? I don't know. Like, Well, yeah, like Gizmo is a Christmas gift. Right. So like that's <laughs> it. And then you've got Gremlins Christmas caroling. Yeah. You've got... That poor dog being hung up by Christmas lights. Those are all valid. Phoebe Cates and is in it, I think. Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Spoiler, something horrible happens to her dad in yeah. that movie. <laughs> Unless he hated the dad, in which case <laughs> yeah. it's a great moment. I love Gremlins because it's right on the edge of when, once upon a time, Hollywood was Hollywood. Everything shot in Hollywood and some stuff shot in New York. Yeah. But right around Gremlins time, instead of going to shoot in vancouver or colorado or somewhere that actually gets snow and somewhere that has that feel seattle even somewhere like that they just shoot in la and you look at the downtown set the very fake downtown set of gremlins and it's so clear that these poor actors are wearing big heavy coats and toques and mittens and scarf and it's plus 30 outside yeah you can just see the sun beaming down on them <laughs> and that it's the fakest snow it's the fakest potato flake snow and there's no breath, there's no cold breath coming out of anybody. And I love that. It just has this feel of old-time Hollywood, even though it's a 1980s movie. Mm -hmm. Because nowadays they would shoot that in Portland or something and have that actually shoot it at Christmas time. <laughs> or like Buffalo or, or something. Or Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> it's probably cheaper, too. Yeah, but it has that feel. And I, like so many people, saw it when I was probably a little too young. But also, it's historical because it is one of those films that the ratings board 
didn't have more detailed specification. Mm -hmm. So it was like family, PG, or restricted. Yeah. It's only rated PG, even though there's a scene where, uh, spoiler alert, go forward 60 seconds if you don't want to hear this, (laughs) but where a mother microwaves a gremlin and it explodes, stabs one to death with a butcher knife, (laughs) and puts one in a blender. Yeah. And it's a PG movie. Yeah. And I guess it's just because they're aliens or whatever, so it's okay. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's not real violence. Yeah, if there's no red blood, then you're pretty much okay to do almost anything violence-wise. It's like a Jedi cutting a robot in half, where you're like, that's fine, it's just a robot. Although, the arm cutoff in Star Wars is pretty intense for a kid. Like, Yeah, Obi-Wan cuts off some poor barfly's arm just because he's a jerk. And they show (laughs) the blood, you know? like I I remember (laughs) thinking, like, even as a kid, like, I mean, I thought it was cool, but I'm like, that is pretty gutsy. It's and Gremlins is one of those weird movies where I did not see it when it was out right away because I was a kid. Yeah. I probably saw it on VHS the following Christmas or something like that. But it was one of those ones where they weren't quite sure what to do with it because there was plushy toys. Mm-hmm. And I still have one of these. There was stickers in cereal boxes. But then you watch the movie and it's it's sometimes so violent and not like horror movie scary, but still some scares in it. But they were treating it like E.T. because Spielberg's name was on it. Yeah. So they didn't quite know what to do with it, but it was a big hit. It remains a, for me, a real Christmas mainstay. And an example of old school effects, too, where it's right before, a few years before digital really came in. Nowadays, if they made that same movie, it would be more like Jurassic Park style. I think Mm. all the gremlins would be digital. Well, and they're still talking about doing a third one. Yeah, where is that? I I don't know, because, I mean, Dante's still alive. Yeah, like, let Dante do it. I'm not really sure what the delay is. like Because, I mean, the second one, a lot of people think the second one's better than the first one. Or at least is good. And... I love them both, but the second one is a bizarre, fourth-wall-breaking, <laughs> musical number, campy, doesn't-make-sense. But, like, I love it. When I are you going to say a bad part about it, though? I yeah, I know, Everything yeah. you just said is incredible. And I think it's just like an F.U. almost, where Joe Dante was like, we could have just made a direct sequel, but instead we just made this yeah. crazy masterpiece. Like Texas Chainsaw 2, basically. Almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't even know what 3 would be. Like, do you bring it... Well, to be honest with you, I feel like knowing everything, it's going to be like the Force Awakens type thing where it's just the first movie, but tweaked a bit. Yeah. And like, or maybe it's like, I don't know, does it take place on their planet or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, where it's like Phoebe Cates and the other guy are parents to a kid who gets a gizmo hmm, or something interesting that's starting to sound like a miniseries yeah make it generational at that point right yeah like it, it is weird especially with like ghostbusters coming out you think not to say yeah. gremlins is well i mean it's debatable like they're, they're both huge series so it's strange to think that it's been this difficult to get a third one off the ground especially because Maybe it's just me, but like people love trilogies. When there's yeah. only two, that's okay. But there's something about it for me. Like when there's when there's four, it sort of bothered me too. To be honest, like two or four, but three, you're just like perfect. It's a trilogy. I can you know watch back to back. It's all good. I almost think Gremlins two, despite loving it, shot itself in the foot because they were like, "What is this?" They're like, <laughs> "They're like, I don't know what to do with this." Yeah, and it's, but you're right. Like anytime there's a two, I'm always yeah. there's not a Wayne's World three. Yeah. Probably not because they didn't want to do it, but it just didn't make enough money. I think it did okay, but probably was like right on the cusp, mm-hmm. you know? Anytime there's only two of a thing, with rare exception, I'm like, you guys would like to do another one, yeah. but the powers that be aren't allowing you to do that. Well, that or the budget they're offering is way lower than you expect you would need. Yeah. That seems to happen a lot. I had heard something at one point, 
and I don't know if there's any truth to this, that it was going to be a Gremlins World War II movie <laughs> where unrelated God. to any of the characters, but just like the mythology comes from, it was a slang. It was a, a joke. It was, it was, oh, wh- why isn't that piece of equipment working on the tank, on the plane, on the Jeep? And they'd be like, oh, Gremlins. That's kind of where that came from. And even in the first Gremlins movie, that's referenced. Yeah. So I had heard something about that, that they were just going to do a same looking monsters, but just make it a, a World War II monster movie. And I was like, I like that idea. Or like an origin type thing, maybe even. I don't maybe. Know. I'd even say don't bother with an origin. Just yeah. have them be the monsters in World War II. Yeah. The true monsters of World War II yeah. were the gremlins. Like, ah. This <laughs> make some get... really <laughs> awkward, heavy handed oh, line like that. You can only imagine. It's like, oh, God, he's saluting now? Like, this was not a good <laughs> yeah. choice. Why didn't they give him the money for this earlier? And I thought I heard something about a TV show, too. Kind of the sense. same way they were doing with Chucky, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that would almost seem like I don't even know who who, who they go through, who owns what anymore. But I'm like like an Apple TV series or a, is it Universal that's Gremlins? Universal and Amblin, I think. Does Universal have a streaming app now? I don't, I don't even know anymore. Like everyone seems to have one, so it's like because that would seem to be like a really like a smart thing to do with that, especially with what Disney's been doing. You know, like it yeah. seems almost like smarter and i gotta say i love the week-to-week aspect because it's just always oh, how for it sure. used to be and it's kind of nice to have something to look forward to you know yeah not to praise tv but it is movie adjacent yeah but i love the chucky show i was about to say yeah like like chucky did like awesome it. love it yeah that, that was brilliant so it shows that maybe the powers that be were like well we're not going to give you another movie but maybe we can figure out the budget to do a tv show and a tv station help to pay for it yeah, and when it was interesting to see the reaction, and it kind of it tells you a lot about the person reacting. Most people seem to like it. It's getting a season two. It did very well ratings wise, but then there's always the comments of because it had like the main character was gay and there was a gay relationship in it, and yeah. so you're just like, all right, let's just uh, here's the reaction, <laughs> yeah. let's go. And what I found hilarious was that Don Mancini, who's literally written every movie, the whole series, directed a bunch of it, is a gay man. And like a lot of this show was about stuff he dealt with as a teenager and just kind of like it was cathartic for him to write this and put this out. And yet there's so many people. And plus, like, it's like, have you been paying attention to this series at all? Like, you're just like, "Uh, what what is this gay thing coming out of it? And I just found that so funny. Like, I literally saw a comment that was like, oh, I bet, you know, he didn't even write it. I bet it was ghostwritten and he put his name on it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that gay (laughs) (laughs) artist had nothing to do with writing this story based on his childhood. Like, good Lord. People like that, you just ignore them Ugh, yeah they're the worst but it's the same thing when my favorite thing a little while ago is some horrible horrible give nerds a bad name group and you know it's like 40 nerds in a hotel marriott or something like that <laughs> but they put up three banners to say we support traditional comic books we don't want any of this this <laughs> new bandwagon jumping by having gay characters or multicultural characters who didn't exist who didn't exist out. so the three people they put up were batman superman and wonder woman and you're like Okay, so Superman is an immigrant story created by a couple of Jewish kids. Like an illegal alien, essentially. Essentially, yeah. (laughs) Wonder Woman, read into that creator group where it was like a guy and two women created it, essentially. And they were living as a thruple back in the day. Not to mention Amazonians, like only a women's society. So I'm sure there was no same-sex relationships. And then Batman... (laughs) who parents were killed by a gun, who hates guns. Yeah. So you don't imagine he's a right-wing NRA guy yeah. who 
goes out of his way to employ criminals all the time who redeem themselves. And that's in numerous comics where some guy who robbed a store, Bruce Wayne, would they'd hire him after he got out to be a security guard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did they ever read a comic book? <laughs> you know, so I love it when people get mad about that and you're just like, they think Star Wars is too political. And they're like, you know what George Lucas has repeatedly said the Empire and the Emperor represents right yeah. no did you okay. see the first 10 minutes of phantom menace and you're telling me yeah. now it's political oh you just roll their eyes at those people and you're like oh yeah it's really it's shocking to be like you know if you really stop and think about it you're you're upset because the world now is acknowledging how the world actually is and right. it's not just this weird microcosm for your life growing up when everything was white and yeah. it's like, and I say that as someone who grew up in the country where everything was white, I'm yeah. just like, that's literally not how the world is. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just find it so funny that it's like, oh, the, the gay community has a modicum of a bigger voice now and people are losing their mind over it. It affects nobody at all. And yet you're just like, you know, I still have 90% of the voice, but it's ridiculous that everything's just shoehorned to please four people in the world or something like that, you know, like. Yeah, my favorite was <laughs> Paul Fig talking about his Ghostbusters, said there was a complaint that came his way via Twitter of like, oh, it's such a gimmick having four women be the Ghostbusters. And his response was, was it a gimmick having four men be the Ghostbusters? Because you know that there's women out there in these type of roles, say as firefighters or police officers or soldiers or scientists or whatever. So that's not a gimmick. Yeah, and Slimer may have been gay. We don't know. Who knows? Like, I'm going to assume he was, so... And we'll wrap up pretty soon, but I will just say... (laughs) We're getting to that point. ...that I love the new Ghostbusters, and, you know, it's at the multiplex, but hopefully we'll get it. But it's another example of the lead character is a 12-year-old girl who's autistic. That's so great. That's so cool. And anybody who thinks that's a gimmick is like, no, we're just having voices of different types of people instead of just the world where, oh, it's a white Luke Skywalker and yeah. a white James Bond and a white Indiana Jones and a white Batman. Mm-hmm. It's cool having all these different voices out there. Well, and even like the deaf character on Hawkeye as well. Oh, like, yeah, like for sure. Cast as like an actual deaf person playing the role and like all the cast members learned ASL to be able to talk to her and stuff. Oh, and the like, coolest. Yeah, like it's just, and it's just one of the things where you're like, this took how long? <laughs> and I love, because I know some horrible people complained about that. And then I like to whisper to them, did you read the comic book? That character is deaf in the comic book. Yeah. So there. <laughs> no, nah, they did not. So, you know, they love the outrage, but not the actual facts. It's fine. <laughs> okay, let's, let's step away from our furious anger <laughs> this holiday season and say thank you very much for listening. Stay tuned to MayfairTheater.ca and all the social medias. We'll have a few more announcements of screenings coming up soon in... The end of the year and the early new year. Yeah, we'll see you soon here at the Mayfair Theater for some good holiday season screenings. And we'll see you next week on the podcast. Bye. Bye. Well, now I get to go home and shovel like a foot of frozen snow. It's ah, whole, sucker. It's, it's, <laughs> and on the plus side, at least I don't have to shovel here and at home. It's, I'm just down to one. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. They're clever. They're mischievous. They'll get into the kitchen. The basement, the garage, they'll get into anything. And once they get in, you're in for it. Gremlins, they'll be expecting you at a special sneak preview Saturday, May 19th, directed by Joe Dante, rated PG.